Tonight, it is my great pleasure to introduce live the First Lady of the United States, Michelle Obama. And the Oscar goes to Argo. Welcome to another episode of Loosely Based, the podcast where we discuss based on a true story movies and to discuss how true they are. Mm, a mouthful of words. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a special episode because not only are we talking about one movie and in full detail, we are going to go through a run through of the Loosely Based Oscar Best Picture Movies of 2018 19. In preparation new for this weekend's ceremony hosted by Nobody. <laughs> All right, anyways. Yeah. This week's main movie, main event, is Argo, which is also known for winning the Best Picture Academy Award in 2012, questionably 2013. It depends when the ceremony was. Cool. So this is an Oscar theme. Get out your gowns, gals, and put on your tuxes, because mm-hmm. we got a red carpet to go through. We're all in gowns and tuxes, Ooh! actually. Okay, so Argo is our first movie. What happened? Six of the hostages went out a back exit. Where are they? The Canadian ambassador's house. What we like for this are bicycles. Deliver the six bikes, provide them with maps. Or you could just send in training wheels and meet them at the border with Gatorade. It's gonna take a miracle to get them out. I got an idea. They're a Canadian film crew for a science fiction movie. I fly into Tehran. We all fly out together as a film crew. I need you to help me make a fake movie. So you want to come to Hollywood and act like a big shot without actually doing anything? Yeah. You'll fit right in. We've got a guest. We've got a guest. We've (laughs) also got the regulars. My name is Corey. My name is Dana. My name is Ben. And uh, speaking of Ben's, we've got one of the most special guests (laughs) right next to me. Um, He... You can see him. <gasps> yes, see yes. him on the fourth hour oh, of God. the Today Show. <laughs> With Kathy <laughs> Lee and Hoda. You can also see him all around New York City. Just a New York City legend, born and raised. Mm. Ben Bass. Hey, everyone. Good. Thanks for having me. All right, Thanks. Ben, before we discuss Argo and the rest of the Oscars, if you were, if there was a based on a true story movie about your life, who would play you and who would play your love interest? Oh, well... Full disclosure, I listened to your podcast, so I came prepared. Yeah, Huge. Ben was we doing a thinking A full face. disclosure, but a good one. That wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> Listen. Um, <laughs> I would want Paul Rudd to play me. But that's like, oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah that works. No, then I, I won't even say Paul my next Rudd. thing. I won't even say my well, next no, thing. Well, why don't you just say Well, it? I've just been told that I look like Ben Feldman from Superstore, which is a show I don't watch. Yeah, you super duper look like him. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but that's a good thing. Like, All right, and you're a love interest. Ugh. Anna Kendrick. Ooh. Oh, cool. okay, cool. I'll say that. Okay, nice. my friends have made oh. fun of me for that. <laughs> this is like a welcoming. Or like, is she your ultimate ultimate? Or I don't she... want to go down that road. I would aspirationally, she'd play my love interest. I've been in the room where we've played ultimate ultimate and he has said Anna Kendrick. All right, corn. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't a bad thing. This no, is it's a fine. Wor- it's I yeah. agree. Anna, That's if you're listening. Is it- she's I, saying she's I a triple am... threat. Thank you. Okay. Time to discuss Argo. Fuck yourself. (gasps) So, excuse me. (laughs) Don't. We have the explicit rating. It's fine. So, I 
tried watching this movie not like on some streaming thing and it was the, I realized it was the clean version <gasps> because I kept version. watching it and it? they what weren't they? saying they Argo yeah, what are they saying? it just kept getting like it, it's it kept just getting like dropped. Silent. it was silent and I was like this wow. can't be right wow. and then I caved and bought it well I rented it so wait what's everyone's relationship to the movie because I actually don't know that um I saw the movie when it came out I enjoyed it it won the Oscar I was like okay cool and that was it hadn't seen it since um me i watched it on my computer so like both times i've watched it were in my bed on my computer i don't remember when i watched it for the first time but i know that i looked up the ending very early on because i was so anxious that i (laughs) immediately had to know how it turned out and i remember like it not even making me less anxious it's just the tensest movie yeah Yeah. especially the last few minutes i i was literally like oh my oh my god oh like like, everything that happens such a visceral like memory of watching yeah barely makes sense time wise no we'll get there yeah i I feel like we're gonna (laughs) spend time on this (laughs) which which brings us to our roles in the movie well Well, wait my relationship to the movie movie is ben uh, I remember I watched it on a plane and I was like, whoa, this might be my new favorite movie. Yeah. What a scary movie to watch on planes, though. But you wouldn't that... know that it's a scary movie to watch on a plane until the end of the movie. Fair enough. Our roles for this week, this episode. I am your historian, your train conductor as we go on this journey. <laughs> Dana, you are our... Big fat dummy. Big fat dummy. Ben Castleman, you are, you are our... What is it? Which means she did no research. I did no research. She cool. did no research, yes. Zero. Zero. Except for one one thing. I'll tell you later. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, I am the Hollywood insider. I did research on the behind the scenes. Probably a huge role for this movie. Yeah. It was fun, yeah. A good time. Cool. And Bass, our uh, guest. I'm the guest. <laughs> Unless the guest. there's something I don't the know. The special uh-huh. guest. The special guest. Okay. It was all a lie. It really? was all true. Oh. Who knows? Oh. You do. You're playing with us. <laughs> what do you think on a percentage base, let's say? 67. Okay. No. Percent true or not true? 64. No, 62. 60% true. 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 Oh, so true. okay. I think that my guess is that they took a lot of creative license, but that the bones are there. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it, this movie makes it is like the one that's almost the most obvious when they're like adding on pressure for like Hollywood value. And then like, obviously, a lot of the historical things are very true. Like similar to Miracle, our last movie, ah. they had like a very historical opening. Mm, yeah. Yes, they set the scene. With yeah, the and they and the set it with storyboards, which I thought was really cool because then those oh, storyboards come fast. back in yeah. the movie as the Argo storyboards, right. which yeah. is something good, that I really liked. Good thread. Thank you. Um, I think it's about. Did you study film too? Yeah, he I did, did, and it definitely it. showed with that comment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I watched that and I internalized it. That was, was a Northwestern like, RTVF degree speaking right yeah. there. Go cats, so that's everyone. everyone. That's everyone. Here? No, I think no. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I think it's about sixty to seventy percent true. I think obviously the story yeah. happened, but that last sequence that we were all just talking about, like, there's no way yeah. that it happened that, that to timeline, a T. Yeah. I also, I'm Too sure good. that like other conversations and things were exaggerated. Like they made Ben Affleck seem so much smarter than all of these like top intelligence officials. Like, I don't know if this is something you're going to talk about later, but like when, when Ben Affleck was the only one in the room who realized it was winter there. So there couldn't be crops. I was like, people had to have known this. Yeah, exactly. Like I hope exactly. Sir, do you have this newspaper in front of you? Would you mind taking a look at it? What's in this picture? 
Tear on. Right. What's on the ground? Snow. Right. So what crops are the do-gooders inspecting under Frosty? I, I mean, also yes. remember when, like, this came out, the big thing that people were talking about was, like, the Canadians just played a way bigger part than they were, like, making it seem. That yeah. is a big thing. But we'll get into that. Oh, we'll get into that as well. Okay, cool. So. I would say the movie is, like, 30 to 40% <gasps> No. That's slightly less. <laughs> That's like half what we thought. Like, yes. The general idea that, like, the CIA established a fake movie production complete with, like, a full script and, like, uh, advertisement for it in order to rescue six Americans uh, who were held hostage is true. That's pretty much it. Okay. Because, yeah, it does seem like a lot of fun Yeah, in the movie. And my guess is it wasn't so much, like, fun in real life. Yeah, I mean, Couldn't it was just more in the end. It like truly like, let's say the drama's at like 100%, like you were anxious the whole time. The drama in real life, 15? Really? Whoa. Was Whoa. it easy peasy? Yeah, sorry, no, the drama not of the Iran the situation. Not for the hostages. I'm yeah. sure they were Yes, scared. but the escape shit yeah. was went so smoothly. They just popped them in the... Was Went so smoothly that the movie idea was barely needed. Well, oh. Uh, they could have just walked out of that house and gone to the airport. Well, and that the, like the Mark Lijak, who was one of the hostages, on quote was saying that he was like, I think at this sto- like the whole movie thing was just to give us confidence to just Aww. go to the like to the airport and like get on the plane and stuff. In the end, like no one really stopped them. Yes, they had all the, like the fake passports, the fake. They had everything things, ready, but right. like For, in know- the end, it was like fairly. Smooth, but, but we get more into details on that later. But they whatever did bring in John Chambers, who's yes. played by the movie production John stuff Goodman. is all real. Great they had all cast, the, by the way, yeah, this movie wild mm. cast and and Lester, whatever his last name. No, not true. Lester that doesn't. That was the one thing I found out because I was like, uh, I love Lester Siegel. I must know more. He's and the so most I fictionalized him, one, and he oh, was really? just not a yeah. real person. John Goodman's character, hundred percent exists. Yeah, he's the one that uh, Tony Mendez did have a relationship with. Called him up and was like, hi, hi, hi. And they're like, he's like, yeah, okay. We're good, what we're was good. their relationship supposed to be? I was just like, why is he buddies with... Tony Mendez is like someone who like worked in the CIA. He does exfils. Yes, which I still don't technically hey, what know that what that means. I Googled it. Thank you. Exfil <laughs> is somebody who like gets people out. Okay. It's just like yeah. they get okay. people out. He's the fixer. And he had like they he had a relationship with like this makeup artist. So like so, he oh, yeah, had yeah, like yeah, a like, Hollywood connection that was his biggest Hollywood connection. From like past and things, and so he was like, "You must know another person in Hollywood who can help." But us it was make pretty much happen. like um, him, and then like his other like make like another makeup guy who he knew. So it wasn't really some big shot dude. Not really. Well, John Chambers was a a good makeup, yeah, like yeah, yeah. a re- well respected right. makeup artist. In fact, John Chambers was is the only Oscar winning person that's portrayed in a Best Picture film. What? Oh, well, best picture, there's only like a handful, but yeah. I'm happy. Wait, so explain that one more time. Nobody who's ever won an Oscar has ever been portrayed, except for John Chambers. In a best picture winning yes. film. Yeah. So if you say like okay. La- like Moonlight won, none of those right. people won a best picture <laughs> well, in that movie. Not, yeah. Obviously, no. that's not. You, you, you no, shrink that's it down not... to best on true story movies right. that had won. Right. So Moonlight's out there. <laughs> no one in Spotlight won an Oscar. No one portrayed Spotlight. in Spotlight. Right. Okay, it doesn't matter. We're talking about this wow. movie. And we're talking about Argo. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. 
Okay, that was a question I had. That's okay. true. That's no true. Way. It was so annoying. So, I was like, if I this isn't true, I'm so upset. I remember, yeah. see, I was watching the movie and the whole time I thought I Ben it. Affleck wrote the movie. So like I was judging all these lines being like, ugh, of course Ben Affleck wrote that. And then it ends, the movie ends and it says like, directed by Ben Affleck, written by Chris Terrio. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Ben, for being <laughs> so judgy. What does the title refer to? The Argo. It's the thing. Like Jason and the Golden Fleece, or what? No, no, it's the ship. It's the it's the spaceship. It goes, it goes everywhere. It goes all, all throughout space. So it's the Argonaut. No. What, what does Argo mean? I don't know. You don't know? It means Argo fuck yourself. Yes, the Argo fuck yourself. The idea was the movie that John Chambers chose. Like Tony Mendez calls him up, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, I think that I have a movie that will work," and it was called Lord of the Light. Okay. Now I had like two conflicting sources say one was like they just called it Argo because they had this like dirty knock knock joke that literally went like knock knock Argo 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 fuck yourself and then that's like they just went that Um, but it seems like I think the more truthful one is that like they chose to name it Argo based on like the Jason and the Golden Fleece story that mentions like Argonauts which was very similar to the Iranian situation Mm -hmm. so they named Argo there but then John Chambers... So they I, didn't find a script on their desk that was called Argo. No, they found a script called Lord of the Light. Okay. They renamed it Argo for this purposes. Um, and then John Chambers at one point was like, knock, knock, Argo, fuck yourself. And then that was like a Third running joke. joke amongst the CIA to like release tension. Wow, like, that's like, crazy. Because obviously this is a high tense situation where you're just like taking six Americans and just like... Did the... Sorry. Argo, fuck yourself. No, no I, I was just going to say, because we're talking about how all of this was pretty much exaggerated. Yes. Was the mission canceled and then Ben Affleck's character was like, I'm doing it anyway. No, but that was literally one of my favorite shots in the entire movie. I almost gagged when Ben Affleck just looks at himself in the mirror and just dead eyes. When he's goes, like getting drunk in the mirror or in the I hotel drunk room. When he's like, yeah, in the hotel and like he's like late, obviously, to pick them up and he just looks in the mirror and he's like. I'm good. Like more or less was like, I'm going to do it. He didn't say that, but that's all his eyes said. And I was like, this is, it's literally the same shot in like the last Harry Potter movie where Neville Longbottom just like randomly like wakes up and is like, I'm going to kill the snake. And you're just like, what is happening? Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen it. Anyways. So no, no one canceled it. If anything, the mission was delayed like for like 45 minutes before Tony Mendez left like left for Europe and then Iran. So mm. no, it was approved and it was, it was no. And there was, was he fight? It was like the, but any of the other plans actually proposed or was this like the original plan? There, there's not much detail on really that. Yeah. Like it seems CIA. like Tony Mendez was like called in. He did think of this idea. Like it definitely was his idea. Cause a lot, cause also the movie's like based off of like Tony Mendez's memoir Memoir and memoir, memoir called Master of Disguise. <laughs> Let that soak in for yourselves. Dana Carvey's movie. <laughs> Anyways. And then like a funny thing with like the whole Argo thing is the Swiss air flight that picked them up had like on the like the front, the nose of the uh, plane, like in real life, it had Argo, but spelled like A-R-G-E-A-U-E-A-U. Uh, yeah, whatever, like French, whatever. 
and like like one of the <laughs> one of the hostages was like, "Oh my god, you think of everything." And Tony was like, "No, this is like a weird coincidence that it weirdly says Argo on the, your flight Whoa, out." That's but that's crazy. just a little mm, touch that they didn't chose not to put in the movie because they're like, "This is too crazy." Even though what they did is also too crazy. Yeah, let's just so let's just, just to, talk about it. So there's no seventeen different like was was it that hard? Like in theory, no, could they it have showed. Been that hard? I mean, could have been that hard. I mean, like. Maybe. Was there they had three all levels the... of security and like the guys at the end who are like looking for Americans and like yes and no they showed up they took an early morning flight they were at the uh, airport at like five thirty and like uh, one of the ideas was that like oh the Revolutionary Guards are still asleep like mm-hmm. they won't be up truly they got through security with ease at one point one of them did hand his passport over and the. Uh, I'm going to say TSA agent. That is obviously not the right word for this situation. Uh, the agent like took his passport and like went to the back room and he got nervous, but it, he was just on tea break. Like he literally came back with like a cup of tea and was like, Oh yeah, you all good. <laughs> and that was it. And then the only part where they were also like kind of tense, um, is that their plane was delayed an hour for mechanical reasons. So they were just sitting in like the terminal for like an extra bit. But I, that's like, crazy, but also I guess people with guns chasing you is crazy. Yeah, right? so. but it was, it was still like very calm and then they just boarded the flight and that was it. And they did cheer when they got out of the Iranian airspace and could drink the alcohol, which is one of the craziest scenes in the movie because you watch and you're like, these Americans are cheering and everyone else is like, just watching them, yeah. Which then uh, I didn't think that was that crazy. I thought it was so I weird because I was, was like, a little bit crazy. "You're trying to hide and sneak these people out, and like, yeah." But once you leave airspace, there's nothing. They I know, can do but I also know, but like, like, who's to say there's not an, or like an Iranian on that plane? Yeah. That Would I have cheered? Them, I guess no. And <laughs> do I get it? Yes. And technically, the hostages were sub- gonna go into hiding when they came back to America. Like that's the original plan until the, all the other hostages were released. Mm. But the new story got out, so they just had to go with it. And they're like, okay, yeah, we rescued these hostages. Um, so, but uh, Tony Mendez did uh, comment saying that uh, other Iranians were cheering as well because everyone was excited to get out of Tehran. Oh, so people it. were cheering on the plane, but everyone was cheering when they announced that they could because drink alcohol. Also, a bad situation yeah. for like people everyone. were fleeing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. so he said like everyone was cheering. So okay, that makes a fun. lot more sense. But obviously, the movie just wanted to highlight the Americans, and the movie really takes a very American outlook, like changing things and saying that's like because really, like Jimmy Carter, who was the president during the time, saw Argo and was like, it was ninety percent the Canadians. <laughs> And like Ben Affleck was, or Ben Affleck was like America, and like boom, boom, boom. The only thing I would say was that 90% of the contributions to the ideas and the consummation of the plan was Canadian, mm. and the movie gives almost full credit to the American CIA. And with that exception, the movie is very good. But uh, Ben Affleck's uh, character in the film was only—he was only in Tehran a day and a half. Mm. And the main hero, in my opinion, was Ken Taylor, who was a Canadian ambassador who orchestrated the entire process. The Canadian government would not legally uh, permit six false passports to be issued. Mm. So the Canadian Parliament had to go into secret session the first time in history, and they voted to, to let us use six Canadian passports that were false. The biggest criticisms on the movie is that like yeah so canada and great britain were like and new zealand were all like uh what about us because canada did most of it but then like the hostages did stay and like 
like a British primate like uh, oh. ambassador's place at one point, and also a New Zealand pers- uh, New Zealand ambassador. And then people also criticize how like poorly they show Iranians and like it's yeah. like a very one note yeah. stereotypical where it's like I was oh, wondering if that's it was not like, was really... that really was the situation there accurately depicted. The riots, yes, and like the history, like they, going they into real it. Footage of that, yeah. No, they no, did they not. Oh. What? During filming that scene, the director handed out a bunch of eight millimeter cameras and were like, "Film also," and then they used that. I watch Whoa. it. I watch it also thinking, be like, "Oh, this is so cool to use real footage." And then I was like thinking, I was like, "Oh, like as we move into the future, like." All these based on the true stories could practically be real footage. Like as you've seen like What about when they showed like, like news broadcasts? Was that also No, no that Tom Brocko's old yeah, Tom Brocko. So that's real. Brokaw? Okay. Sorry I don't work for NBC. <laughs> I thought he <laughs> was apology <right>. accepted. <laughs> uh, so like that's real. But like no, the riot footage where it's like this old grainy film it was fake. It's interesting. It it does take a very like American perspective, but it also kind of criticizes America for, I mean, creating the whole... Like, it very yeah. much thoroughly yes. explains, like, what how America created that situation. Yes, but that's, right like... Right off the bat. In the, yeah, in the bat, yeah. but then, like, you... Re- like, after that, it's, like, America saves the... Like, saves yeah. our people. So you start from the beginning after, like, obviously the history shown in, like, the history montage is mm-hmm. true. Then we pretty much, you get the riots and then the break-in. Do you know anything about the break-in? I mean, Mark Lijak, who's, like, the most commentary I get, like, from the six, um, was, like, he was, like, impressed how it was filmed. And it mm-hmm. seems like he felt it. Like, he was, like, oh, I never thought about, like the other fifth like the others like he's like i never like fully saw like like it just like <laughs> and i was like oh cool but like he was obviously well, like so yeah, yeah during the yeah, time yeah. he's so focused on his and stuff like escaping. and it's just like <laughs> yeah. yeah which is just so crazy because it's like they're not any higher officials than anyone else in right. this room it's they truly they were just like to... they're like oh there's a door right there let's go Dang, and then they, they did and that was true right and call, that's probably. all yeah and then they, but in actuality, instead of going straight to the Canadians, I think one of them spent one night in their own apartment. Then they went to like a British apartment. Mm-hmm. One was at like a totally another apartment for two weeks. Then they got all together and then they were split up between two Canadian ambassadors. Mm. Um, four, four of them were not at the guy represent, not Victor Garber's character, Ken Taylor, um, at John Sheerden, I want to say his name is. Mm-hmm. And then the two of them stayed at Victor, uh, not Victor Garber, uh, Ken Taylor. Um, place. So the yeah, the they Canadian weren't. Yes, both Canadian. Yeah, they were both Canadians house. that they stayed in, but they what they weren't all six in one place. Mm-hmm. But like Mark was like, oh, but I get why they did that. There's drama in the group, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, what else did I say? Oh, I just like love from that scene though. Like, well, a it has one of my favorite lines where the girl on the phone's just like, it's them, they're here. Oh my <laughs> I love God. it. I truly my favorite line from Do the entire you- movie. They were like shredding all those things and they were like trying to destroy everything from the embassy. And that's because it's like a bunch of classified. Yeah, it's classified things. Supposedly there were people trying to put all the pieces back together. Mm hmm. But, like, later in the movie when they find the guy's pick, like, all that stuff. That seemed, like, literally they were building each piece of the passport picture throughout the movie just to build dramatic tension and, like, show that time was moving. But supposedly, yes, Iranian, like, uh, revolutionary government had people trying to put the pieces back together. Mm -hmm. But, 
nowhere like nothing's hinted at really that it like lined up in the weird way that everything lined that up in this up movie be, like that was what they were worried yeah. about etc cetera, etc cetera. I also just love the one security guard who's like, I'm going to reason with them. And I, I just wrote, lol, lol, boy, you fucked, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Two minutes later after watching, I was like, oh, he fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, something that's notable from a movie making perspective is um, Tony Mendez's character slash Ben Affleck isn't introduced till 13 minutes. Yeah, in. I noticed mm-hmm. yeah. that too. Which is like really like interesting. That. Yeah, no, it was, it was very cool. Like his personal story, like, it, they definitely develop his character, yeah. but his personal story like takes such a backseat. And I think that's a very interesting. I thought it was tactic. like, why is it even there if it's taking such a well, backseat? Speaking of his personal story, we meet his wife at the very end of the movie, yeah. who is very famous and has no dialogue in the yeah. entire movie. And I just thought that was so funny. Who was it? Because I watched it and I was like, it's oh. Piper from yes, Orange Is the yes, New Black. Yes. Taylor Schilling, yes, but Taylor she's not Schilling. famous at, in twenty. Right, oh, I just actually, like, I mean, she actually have no dialogue. Not a single word, I don't think. That is crazy because there are 120 speaking roles in this movie. Wow. Which, yeah, which like, if you know for. that this movie is two hours and it's supposed to be a page a minute, that's like a new character every page, which is nuts. But do you count and like a Taylor random Schilling. line off the street of like... I think you count... I don't think you count like you can't every count any extra, extra, but you you because none of those dialogue would be real. You do count like I mean I a guess random like uh, agent like yeah. I mean there are tons something. of group scenes like there's the table read and right. there are all the intelligence meetings yeah. and there's all of that with completely nameless characters in the movie that do I guess help propel everything along. There's yeah. There's the PA that like won't let yeah our, like uh, oh Lester yeah. And, um, <laughs> John Goodman Cross. Yeah, which is such like an insider Hollywood thing. And it's shocking how well the this combination of like insider Hollywood humor and quote unquote true history filmmaking actually works. Yeah, well, it's a movie about making a movie, except it's like a movie about he, like huge heroes making yeah. a movie. So it's like a Hollywood wet dream. <laughs> how about the horses of Achilles? No good. Nobody does westerns anymore. It's ancient Troy. If it's got horses in it, it's a Western. It doesn't matter. It's a fake movie. If I'm doing a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. Okay, back to when the six hostages are in hiding. Um, Mark commented mostly what they did was like play Scrabble and drink. The hostages. The six, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Obviously not the hostages still. I, right. I did I did have a question about they were like partying right before they were getting on the plane, so that like might be true. Yeah, they definitely I'm sure, drank. I bet yeah, they did. It was drink. definitely yeah. a relaxed like I mean, obviously they were scared or whatever, but they were in safekeeping yeah. in like a secured uh embassy. And when they go out to go to the spice market no. I know this is... That's I'm, fake. Very. Yeah. <laughs> they all saw that scene and were like, but what? Like, we could never... Like, that would never be allowed. Like, they're truly... Their cover story was like, Canada said it is not safe to do location scouts. We need to come home and it, we can go back and do our location scouts when it is safer. Like, they had a cover for mm-hmm. why they had to do it. Like, the the ministry wasn't like, you have to go on your location scout now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. They, like, truly, that is a Hollywood magic scene. Love that. What else? So the one character um, played by Sheila Vant, the Iranian housekeeper. Oh, mm-hmm. Sahar. Sahar, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Um, 
she's like a composite character, like both Sheridan and um, Taylor. Both of both, the Canadian ambassadors. Yes, yes Taylor. <laughs> I was right. Both Sheridan and Taylor both had like People maids working and working for home. them. Yeah. Um, some were of Iranian descent, some weren't. And so it's like a composite character of that. Not like, no, I didn't seem like anyone like was like holding on to secrets. Like, well, supposedly the ones in Taylor's, he just told them that these were like friends staying over. Mm-hmm. Like they were like visiting the country. Like that was it. Like didn't know they were American supposedly. And then the others kind of just like, yes, may have kept on the hush hush. But like it wasn't, it wasn't fully true, which then I found it interesting because like Sahar does get like an ending in the movie where like she's seeking ref- like as a refugee pretty much. Yeah, like that's Iraq. how she has to escape. And it was just like, it was like sad because that's like she didn't like, why didn't she just go with the, t- I mean, obviously she couldn't because she wasn't Canadian. Mm-hmm. But it's just like interesting to watch that like that's, they like that's not a real character, so they made this choice to have this character become a refugee. I mean, I guess that's just the movie's nod of being like, this did not, this was not a happy story for everyone involved, mm-hmm. which I think is necessary, especially if you're taking that many creative yeah. liberties. I have a question for you, Ben. What's up? What did you find anything when you were looking up about like the Hollywood insider stuff about why there was so much of a Star Wars influence in this movie? Um, I did find that they had to like pay a lot of money to get the action figures at the very yeah. end. <laughs> I think it's just because like Argo was such like a like the movie they were gonna movie. make was a space movie. Yeah. Like right. that is true. Mm-hmm. But then like why not just like why Star Wars? Why pay so much money to use Star Wars? I think it was just because they wanted to make what this movie like truly like adding more like fake to is like the whole like family aspect. Tony Mendez was not a deadbeat dad. He had a good relationship with his wife. Like his wife, like there was an article that was like, his wife drove him to the airport to Tehran. And it's like, okay. And he had like two kids. Fun fact about that moment. I took a note that said he is the bravest man in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, so that just added to the story of being like, oh, his son watches these space movies. There's a connection. He's like, oh, I now have this idea to make a fake sci-fi movie. And where where in I mean I guess Star Wars had come out by then. Yes. It yeah. had to have. Yes. But I Star think Wars he wasn't watching 70s. Star Wars anyway. He was, he watching, was watching Planet of the Planet Apes. Of the Apes in the, in the, no, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying because there's such a heavy like, like the, the entire end credits is all and, over. And oh. Um it yes, it, it Star Wars came out in the early 70s. This yeah. happened in the late 70s early 80s. It's just like really trying to make it an American hero story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean I guess like the first Star Wars movie is called A New Hope. Were they freaking out as much as the ho- as Mark said? He was like, "I love the idea right away. It had the pizzazz. I was excited." <laughs> but supposedly right. there was also the other guy being like a little nervous, and guy? then they talked him yeah. down. So and I love that one guy who was yeah. Because there's but always he obviously that one didn't guy. have the heroic moment at the end where he spoke Farsi to the judge, uh, which is to such the a bummer. Agent because the, no one stopped them. Mark was like, "We had this cover story, but no one asked." <laughs> like yeah. truly, like they got to the airport, everyone was like, "Okay, go." Right. So that never needed to happen. And then that ill handshake on the plane. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? I thought that was crazy. What, what, where he like, where that guy gets up on the plane and like walks over to where uh, uh, Tony is sitting and they just share like a silent man to man handshake. And I was just thinking, <laughs> boys are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's talk about ways you can support Loosely Based. First way you can help out is 
Leave a comment below and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe. Another way that you can help us is we actually have paid advertisements. So you can pay us to advertise anything that your little heart desires. And what's more, if you have a special friend, aka a friend of the week, that you want to support and give a shout out, for just a small fee, you can cover the entire cost of this podcast for one month. And the third way is to give us feedback. Ways you can do this. You can DM our Instagram, loosely based underscore podcast. You can send an email to looselybasedpod at gmail.com. Or if you know one of the hosts personally, just send us a little message. Don't be weird. Thanks, booze. Now back to the good stuff. Big twist. Tony Mendez had a partner with him out <gasps> helping. His and he's only referred to as Julio because I don't know if he questionably oh. still is working oh. in this. That's actually... I don't know. Tony Mendez has mentioned it and he has only ever referred to him as uh Julio. Yes. He, maybe he was involved Julio. in some other shit. He just I get it. I'm not mad at Julio and I'm not even mad at the people who well, made the movie because I'm not mad at Julio. Julio <laughs> is uh, yeah. Julio. I'm mad at Ben Affleck. Where's Julio? Yeah, but it seems like you know what? They're Julio keep... probably wants this. Yes. Yeah. No. Julio if, yeah. the kind of person who like joins the CIA is usually not the kind of person who's like can you just like make sure that I get portrayed in this movie? Yeah, like, While like Tony Mendes has already written a memoir and it's yeah. like, oh, give me the attention, yeah. please. Yeah. Money. I think but Julio... I want a movie well, option as well. Yeah. Let's be respectful to Tony Mendes. He did know? great stuff. He did great stuff and... He was not totally mad when Ben Affleck, a white actor, played him and he, and Tony Tony's father comes from Mexican descent, so I think he's Mick. Like he, I mean, he appears... Uh, Mexican, there but he go. doesn't consider himself. He he was like, I wasn't that mad. I don't really consider yeah. myself Hispanic, but like people criticized. And then I noticed when like looking up these people that like Cora Lijak Mark's wife is half Japanese, half Asian, and it's like noticeable. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clay Duval is very much not so whitewash history. Yeah, I mean the movie is very white. I was taking uh, notes and I was like, "This cast, yeah, and it's is hard, and it's hard because it's also in a back, like." A, but it's like based on true people's where you're yeah. like, "Okay, they have to be white," but then it's like, "No, yeah, this person was Asian. Yeah, she was an Asian American. That's really frustrating. This person was of Hispanic descent. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Right. Tony Mendez ten, yeah. also um, uh, passed away oh. last month. <gasps> <laughs> that's why I was saying be respectful. Yeah, but, I saw uh, that too. Yeah, you sent it to us. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, I did send it to you guys. Okay. I want to be the one to say. Tony Mendez passed away last month. Aw. Dang. One thing which I just thought was interesting, and like I am guessing you don't have the answer to this, and I'm also guessing it was true. Ask away. Is like, it was just like a funny visual to be like, oh, like they're so mad at America, and like they're eating KFC. Anyone? Yeah, no, I noticed uh, that too. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. That I'm there sure were, that was yeah. that there was KFC deliberate like, at the time. Yeah, especially because he and, brought in Western ideas and culture before yeah. he like was demoted. And I, I know that the like production crews like went to really really great lengths to like make sure it make sure cool. it looked that like the way that it looked and like um, the clothing yeah. and everything was like really that was the kind of, really that on makes point. Iran look beautiful oh, yeah. like with the mountains right. and everything like that uh it was filmed in turkey 
Interesting. Uh, they yeah. Well, they made Iran look beautiful. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> what I said holds true. <laughs> they had a 65-day shoot mostly in and around Los Angeles and a month in Turkey, which was Got where it. all the Iran stuff was. That from. makes sense. The exteriors. Um, or most of the Iran stuff. I think they actually filmed some of the rioting in L.A. Awesome. Mm, because that makes sense. Spice Market was what? Was probably in LA. Turkey. Turkey. I'm not sure. But um It's an a int- tough on location scene <laughs> to shoot. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was LA, but I wanna believe that it was in Turkey. Alright, let's discuss the ending of this crazy okay, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because this obviously good. it's fake. We know the uh the hostages and Tony Mendez and his partner Julio um Julio. went to the airport early in the morning, so five thirty and there were no, like, barely any guards. The one guy, like, took his thing, and he was nervous. It was just a tea break. They sat. They waited for the plane for an extra hour. They got on the flight. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. They had this story behind them, but no one asked. So they were good. Um, thank you, Canada. I think it's worth noting that you come from Canadian I do. Descent. Sorry, that is a bias of saying thank you, Canada. But also, Jimmy Carter said there was 90% of them, so. Is it really? That's really nice yeah. that he said that. Yeah, that is good. That's like... Cool. Glad yeah. Canada gets its proper shout out. Yes, because it doesn't in the movie. Um, and so, but in real, in the movie, it's like everything is happening at the same time. And I'm just watching him like, what time zones are we in? Like this doesn't, <laughs> nothing lines up. I really like this movie. Yes. But I just think that the ending is like so blatantly ridiculous that it, and it doesn't happen. Where it's like be. the little boy's like, like, I found his face. Call him up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they just boarded. The Swiss guards like, you can't get through. Yeah, the doors part, are shut. Yeah. That part in particular is just like, because it didn't like move anything along, it literally just served to make you anxious. Which yeah. it did. It did. Yeah. It, did. it, it did a really good job. Yeah. And that's the thing, because there were so many things happening. Like yeah. the kid matches the passport picture. Then they're running off. Then the, they then don't they, answer the phone. Then they like cancel. the entire State Department is like running after yeah. the president. And like Brian Cranston's like, get me the president on the and phone. And then he prank calls uh, Kyle Chandler's character. And is, oh, yeah. And is like. In true fact. That character had no children. Continue. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Bang. And it's like I, I'm the principal of the school. And then they like go through the, and then their flights aren't in the system. And then and they land, refresh. And then they refresh. <laughs> like the, the amount. Like if check again. Christmas Eve. I did it. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Like like if they had done half of those things, it still would have worked. This is not a long leash, and it never has been. And you One don't decide if it goes. Out, smear. It is going. That close. You are this goddamn close. I am not going to leave him at the airport with six people and his dick in his hand. You tell the director to call the White House. Do your fucking job. And they shouldn't have had a chase on the tarmac. This was Mission Impossible. Like it was. No, Mission Impossible, there's a crazy. I think it's the end of Fast and Furious 7. Where there's like a... Which those movies are supposed to be like that. Which are supposed to be <laughs> right. insane. But like where there's like a 45 minute like car chase on a tarmac like fight. And I'm like, you don't have to put this in like a best picture winning film. Right. Like, yeah. We have Agreed. enough tension already. And the payoff at the end, like the everyone hugging Leaving and like crying space. and yeah. being teary eyed is beautiful. Which was a beautiful moment um, set up before like that I didn't realize until watching later when uh 
like when uh, Ben first flies to Iran, they're like, um, sir, we have to take your alcohol. And I was like, oh, oh whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, oh, we can now serve alcohol. I was like, I like oh, Iran, you can't drink. Right. Boom. Yeah. Such a small detail, but I thought. No, I like no it's nice a huge touch. detail. Yeah, it li- it literally it. bookends the entire thing. Yeah, no, no, like, no. It's, it's a huge. And- it's great. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to announce that alcoholic beverages are now available as we have cleared Iranian airspace. <laughs> I exhaled so loudly when yeah. that like thing bangs. Like line. it's yeah. We've now exited our yeah. yeah. No, space. like the fact we're, that they don't we'll say be that. Serving beverages. Yeah, we'll Got be it. serving beverages because like it's showing, not telling. Yeah, you guys. Yes. <laughs> I bet they taught you that. Yes, <laughs> they, did, they did. They I did. bet they, did. they mentioned it one time. I also just, the crazy thing about this movie that obviously is not in any truth, it's like at one point the screenwriter and director were like, oh, you know what this movie should be about? Fatherhood. <laughs> and it's like, what? Yeah, that I thought was so excessive. Like most of my notes were like, if you work in the CIA, you got to be a deadbeat dad. Or then it's like Hollywood people are all deadbeat dads. Because at one point, Alan Arkin and Ben oh, Affleck yeah. have this heart to heart being like, kids got to be with their mothers. Where it's like, first off, why? This is like two minutes that ex- excels nothing yeah. in this plot. I know. Like, and it's also yeah. like, like truly, and then when fathers are great. And too. then when Brian Cranston was like, get me what school his kids go to i was like ah see the dc parents they do care about their kids unlike these hollywood and cia people and and that's like i wonder if that happened no like of course it didn't like that's something that michael scott literally does in the office (laughs) like he calls david wallace's kids school to get him on the phone like like obviously that didn't happen well when ben affleck first read it it was like a way more comedic script Mm. and he was he was like no i'm gonna take it in this like the most tense movie ever direction which um, which yeah. good note which, which was a good, good note yeah which <laughs> was a good swap george clooney and another producer optioned a wired article about this mm. rescue mission uh, option just means like bought the rights that's like a, a new s- sexy thing that a lot of like publications are doing right now like the new york times has set up this whole thing where like you can get your stories optioned mm. and they're like setting up this whole thing I didn't know it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, but well, back in I think like 2007, they optioned a wire a Wired article, and they got this guy Chris Terrio, who's now like a pretty successful screenwriter. But this was his first screenplay. Was he the uh, author of the article? No, no. Got it. The other producer, who's not George Clooney, was like. It was the best first draft of a screenplay I've ever read. Of course it was, because he was he was fresh, you know? Yeah. Can't um, you? It's like me writing a screenplay. It would be amazing. Is, is this you telling us you're well, going to write a screenplay? I I'll send actually, you an article if you want to write something. <laughs> I have... That's... So, Ben Affleck, who he obviously wrote Goodwill Hunting. Yes. A funny thing about Goodwill Hunting is that was their first movie, like him and Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And... People are like, it's obviously a first movie because they put all their like little jokes into it. Like your first screenplay is where you put like all your yeah. like really yeah. fun tidbits. And then you like become boring. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm going to write a good screenplay for you all. One part I think we like skimmed a little over, which is like crazy because it is the true part of this is the whole fake movie aspect. Mm-hmm. Like they did make an like a whole fake production team like got variety and Hollywood reporter to put out these articles, mm. like without realizing. And like, they had all that, like, which was but, one of the coolest parts. Yes. And I think my little, well also, but a part that I was like, 
I was like trying to figure out the time in my head. I was like, where are you getting this? All these casts and costumes in two days? Are you serious? <laughs> but like they did do that some stuff and they did set up this Studio Six Productions. You're telling me that there is a movie company in Hollywood right now that is funded by the CIA? Yes, sir. There are only bad options. It's about finding the best one. You don't have a better bad idea than this? This is the best bad idea we have, sir. By far. They closed their doors like several after weeks after Tony Mendez and the team like escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they obviously because they had this article grabbed Hollywood's attention and supposedly this fake movie production was so convincing that it had received 26 scripts and supposedly including one by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like who knows how true that is in this article, but funny. like it's kind of funny. And that movie was E.T. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, another thing that I learned that I really loved uh, researching the behind the scenes yes. was so they unfortunately could not get a lot of Iranians in, in mm-hmm. Turkey, like to come to Turkey yeah. and speak yeah. Farsi. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of people who spoke Farsi in America, mm-hmm. but a lot of them lived through this like hostage mm. crisis yeah. and they felt that like the experience of filming all this was like cathartic mm. and like a wow. lot of people like a lot of the extras cried oh. and like were hugging each other at the end of like filming this. Wow. Speaking of crying, Dana, did you cry? I didn't. But oh. I was I, cuz like anxiety it's not a cry movie anxiety yeah literally the first thing i wrote was okay i've never been this anxious in my life this feels bad Uh, i have a whole stream of consciousness when i was watching the last 20 minutes of it it starts at shitting my pants jesus fucking christ (laughs) (laughs) getting these tickets in the nick of time these people are all of us they're not superheroes they're not trained in any way the audience sees themselves in these six people making the tension all the more real and palpable most of a paper after this PDF 301 <laughs> all my notes were like but timing time these time zones don't make sense I know, I timelines timelines what's the timeline <laughs> I often have a favorite line or a least favorite line. Mm. And so this time I have a least favorite line. <gasps> and it goes Is it Argo fuck like yourself? This. No, it was until I found out it was true. Oh. This line is, sir, X-fills are like abortions. You don't want <gasps> oh, one, but when yeah. you do, you don't do it yourself. That one really doesn't that was, land. That it doesn't was. land for many reasons. But one of them My is note was that... like, what a weird time to make an abortion <laughs> reference. Yeah. One of them is it's an abortion reference. The other one is like, it doesn't like, it's not really how we think about abortions these days. It's kind of missing. Another sign of the time, everyone is smoking on the airplane. Yeah. And I thought that was, it was just jarring to see. It's like, you stop. Good ventilation, baby. Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Does it? Not really. Even though there were two women named... In hostage together, they don't they never really talk to one another. It's it's so many good actors and it's so many white men. Yeah. Yes, but it is so close to passing the Bechdel test that these two women are literally locked up together. They could have made it happen. They didn't, and not really. And even the back, yeah, even the background actors are like now people you might recognize. Well, speaking from, oh, yes. from, yeah. from speaking Veep, of that, Duvall. I have yeah. a I have a note that says or this lost. movie. <laughs> Has so. every actor in the world whose name I don't know. Aww. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And I thought that that was really astute. And I thought it was very similar me. to like The Post, which was last year's one of their like trying to like mm. Oscar 
I guess Oscar, Oscar Beatty movie. Oscar Bait. And I was like, are they on the same set of the post? Like when the <laughs> office, I was like, do all offices in the 70s of cubicles look exactly the same? Answer? They yes. do. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the glam up. People who looked better in the movie than they did in real life. That is not just physical beauty, but emotional. I've got to say, can I guess everyone? Yeah. Okay. Everyone, other well, than the fact that people get whitewashed, is yeah. the only yeah. reason right. I would yes. say that no. Because there's obviously much more drama that makes it much more interesting in the situation in general. And people are doing things much cooler um, and all that. But yeah, generally, generally, yes, everyone is a stepped up. I would say that Iranians did not get blown up. No, that is that is is very true. Erased. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and And so did Canadians. Canadians had a glow down. down. Uh, Oh, Julio. Julio, Tony Mendez's like being his a family. good father. Yeah, the glow down there. That's true. Yeah, could you imagine being his wife and watching the movie, being like? We weren't separated. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of people start coming up to you and being like, I heard what happened to you. Yeah. In whatever year that was. She's like, bitch, I drove him to Tehran. That'd be crazy if like your marital issues got declassified in a CIA document. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, buddy, we had no idea. Oh, yeah. Besides Tony Mendez and like some whitewashing, they did like John Chambers kind of looks like John Goodman. If Lester He's Stiegel so existed, he would have almost certainly gotten a glow up because he was perfect. I love Alan Arkin. That was truly yeah. when I saw him on screen. I was like, oh, so Alan good. Arkin. Alan Arkin was the first person cast. The oh, only other they built the movie around this <laughs> beauty. I well, love yeah, it was him. supposed to be such a funny movie before, and then it's which is crazy because yeah. how I don't know. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, the only other casting what if is George Clooney was originally like pictured to be the main guy. Tony Mendes. Yeah, Tony mm. Dang. I mean... And now he's just a producer. I could see him doing anything. Yeah, he could do whatever. Down for J. Clue Clue. Uh, All right, and I think this <laughs> Yikes. about wraps it up for Argo. Fuck yourself. Everyone together, Argo. Fuck, Fuck yourself. yourself. Mm. Good. That tasty. was Oscar tasty. Actually, mm. I hate that line so much. Every time I've said it, I felt uncomfortable. So. I actually like it. <laughs> I it's like that. It point counterpoint. Point <laughs> counterpoint. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Here it is. The final one. Oh, you want to do the big one together? Yes, let's do this together. Okay, here we go. And finally, here are the films selected as Best Picture nominees. Thank you for continuing to listen. <laughs> there are eight Best Picture nominees, and five of them are based kinda and heavily on loosely based stories. On stories that and thus would be loosely based <laughs> words. So here to just give you a quick recap. We're not gonna obviously go in depth, just to give you a little taste of this like This will be a five hour true. episode. What do you expect? <laughs> how true, like uh, maybe a number percentage of what the feelings are behind it, the controversies behind some of them. Mm-hmm. Um and all that juicy meat. So the three nominations we won't talk about because they are not based on a true story are Black Panther, A Star is Born, and Roma. Roma. Thank you. But Roma, interesting enough, is one of them, like, could be true because it's based in, like, a true... It's a semi-autobiographical? Yeah. Where, like, honestly, out and of all of Black them... Black Panther isn't? <laughs> <laughs> out of... Well, who's to say? Wakanda's hidden. 
Um, <laughs> um, out of all of them, Roma could actually be the most truthful but one. We didn't look but that up, one's so. not <laughs> technically based on a true story, and thus we shall not to discuss. There worried about might spoilers. be spoilers in this segment if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> but also, these movies are based off a true story Wait, where no, you can sh- look up the history. Lo- I've gone into movies not knowing the history. Fair enough. So to so, begin this round okay, table wait. discussion, there. let us start this round discussion with the movie Vice by <gasps> Adam McKay. Me. Adam McKay, Christian Vice. Here's your 30-second shindig on Vice. Clock starts um, now. Go. Adam McKay made a lot of stuff up, although Dick Cheney did have all the heart attacks he had in the film. He made stuff up about kind of how much Dick Cheney had power, although different people will say different things. A lot of people say that it's harsher. It's very clear what perspective Adam McKay was going at Dick Cheney with, which was... Which they liberal. comment on in the movie. Yes, yes. The last scene in the movie is being like, this is from but a liberal focus. They, they, but also the first scene in the movie, isn't it literally a title card? This is like, well, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's also like, they know a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, say, there are some things they, they don't say that's truthful, but he did have this crazy ass youth where he did get two DUIs and did drop out of college twice and like was a crazy MF. They completely skipped the Gulf War, with which a lot of people took issue with because that was really important. He didn't go to... Um, go to Washington DC without having a political affiliation like he always been repub um he's but I there's history there could be still classified documents that aren't declassified so it's like it's as true as it can be because also no one knows and it's very but it also I think that good point is the liberal focus which the movie does comment on that they do comment on it but there are a bunch of there's like little interactions and stuff that are just made up to make it more damning for give a number Uh, or just a word so you think it's not that true you no 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 wait 41 percent real yeah okay yeah 41 percent real like a lot of it is so 59 percent false yeah but but false all the scaffolding is real they omit a lot of stuff they all right all right all right i thought it was very entertaining good should have went best picture absolutely not great (laughs) (laughs) all right next movie for the table is the green book um, the one going into the ceremony with the most controversy surrounding it because at the moment it has been winning the awards and people are nervous that it will thus win Best Picture. Um, there's a great article put out by Hollywood Reporter that kind of gives you all sides on this matter. And I'll kind of try to sum it up. And then, like, the idea is that like the movie is about uh, Tony Vall... This Lip. white man... Tony <laughs> Lip, thank you. Uh, driving Marshall Lee's character, Don Shirley, um, around in the South because uh, Don Shirley is this great musician. That is true. And the movie is written from by Tony Lip's son, and thus you have that heavy bias. And John Shirley's family quickly were ones to critique the movie, being like, hey, Don Shirley didn't want the movie, but supposedly he didn't want the movie in his lifetime, and yes, Don Shirley has passed. He's saying, like, in the movie, it's kind of portrayed that Don Shirley doesn't really, like, connect to his blackness and doesn't, and, like, isn't close with his family. All of his family were like, this wasn't true. And then a big... So, like, the big idea of this movie is it's, like, very much another, like, white savior movie where it's, like, the guy who wrote it, his name is Tony Lip's son, whose name, totally skipping my mind right now, was, like, white savior, the only savior is Jesus Christ. And it's, like, what? No, wrong take. Excuse me? Um, (laughs) And so then, like, Mahershala didn't even know that Don Shirley still had family that he could go to to discuss this. And Peter Farley, the director of the movie, never also really discussed it. So there's, like, it's just a bunch of these ideas. It's very, like, old... Old, like older, like type of Oscar Beatty movie where it's like it's like I bet someone I bet someone who was parents, parents love this, parents love love this, this movie. movie. 
parents I someone who was racist is no longer racist because he like um then becomes like welcoming are there some truths to it yes are the stories then like passed on and it's written from yes a heavily bias yeah i would say it's mostly though not true and then the way it has been spun in the movie it's like it shows a very different perspective of things where you're unsure and kind of takes away this black gay man's uh, life and kind of makes it more about this white yes. racist guy. Cool. So that is uh, the give Green it, Book. Give it a percent. Um, I would say in the 30s, 40s. I mean, there are definitely structural things. I agree with like how Dana said with Vice. Um, and should it win Best Picture? Absolutely fucking not. Yeah! <laughs> not? I know, but I'm just like... She was, yes. she was cheering your The next take. movie yeah, on yeah, yeah. the docket is Black Klansman. Written, directed by Spike Lee, starring Denzel Washington's son, Jonathan David Washington, and... Yeah, in my turn. (laughs) So, so this movie was a book first. Got it. And David Duke, who is the Klansman, he basically was like, yeah, the book is real. Like, the book totally depicted this, like, absolutely, like, this happened. And he was pissed that in the movie, he's made out to be this, like, dumb, stupid idiot. So yeah. there's in that. real life, though, he still is a dumb, stupid idiot. But a lot of what happened was real. Uh, <laughs> yes, amen. Um, like <laughs> Ron Stallworth really was assigned to be the bodyguard for David Duke mm-hmm. when David Duke visited the town. He wasn't he, driven around in this like big motorcade, but it it for sure happened. Mm-hmm. Their meals were not at this like lavish country club. It was at a small steakhouse. So they they kind of elevated a few small things to make it bigger. The huge thing that did not happen is Adam Driver's character is not Jewish. Yeah. Like uh, in so real they life, added it because then it's like, and it's the, like I don't know the like last the time. Men are also going to hate Jews. Well, so it right, adds like an extra like, layer. Ron Stahl, like Flip Zimmerman, he's not Jewish in real life. There was never this- was his last name though. Still Zimmerman because he's probably a little Jewish now. <laughs> or that it's like at least he has. I'm going to say the appearance. Obviously, that's not the right word for a last name. Right. But it's then it's like if someone finds out of his. But when he was when he was undercover, (laughs) when when Adam Driver's character was undercover. Yeah. Nobody ever accused him of like being a Jew. All those scenes where they like point a gun to his head. Adam Driver's not that Jewy looking either. I mean, he does have a schnoz, but. (laughs) Right. My point is this whole storyline of his partner. We're all Jewish, by the way. Yeah. So this is so this is true. Okay, cool. Back to Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah, so like in the book, he said, and he's done interviews, like there was never a gun pointed at his head throughout this entire investigation. Got it. For me, this entire story is crazy because like why would two people play one person when you're going undercover? But apparently nobody ever thought that their voices sounded different except once over the phone and Adam Driver's character was just like, oh, uh, I have a sinus infection. And that was it. So overall... Overall, like 60, 70%. Mostly true. Like cool, most, cool. Yeah, mostly true. Do you That's think it should win so Best far. Picture? I think it should absolutely be a contender. Yeah. <gasps> contender. We got a yeah. contender, baby. We got baby. two out. Yeah. So. All right. Continuing around the table, we now get to The Favorite, starring Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weisz, and Emma Stone, taking us back to a period piece. Yes. So, I think this was pretty blatantly the one that, like, like presented as the most loosely based yes. like was not trying never to really, claimed it yeah it was never trying to yeah. like claim a very real story yes having said that for like if you see the favorite or like have heard of it yeah. like you know it's a very specific style yes and for that style it was 
fairly true. I mean, the big... There was a queen. There was Queen Anne. She was, like, kind of a dunce. Like, her friend Sarah Churchill. Yes. The mother of Winston Yes, related. Churchill? Not the mother, but related great, great. to Winston Churchill. Cool, cool, cool. Um, did really, like, advise her and was very close to her. And had a, cous- a younger cousin that had, like, terrible misfortune with her family and started working for the queen and later became very close to the queen. The big thing that is like the whole thing of the movie and is not true is there's not really confirmation that they had sexual relations with each other. Yeah. They there were rumors of that, but they might but they were like either either started by one of the two women to like yeah. but what there was a competitive nature yes there was a very competitive nature which is because, like the biggest aspect of because the movie. sarah yeah because sarah um was uh aligned with one party and abigail was aligned with the other okay that's um, pretty interesting though yeah it's a it's a very interesting story um Dick. but the the sexual part of it is probably just Rumors. Um, Queen Anne did not have pet rabbits. Oh, that was literally my question. She didn't. That's so upsetting. Well, um, a number. You kind of gave one before. No, you didn't really. <laughs> no, I didn't. Get, um, it's hard because it's not. Who's? It's not as Yeah, and I agree. So you know so, what? Don't even. I I would say like thirty percent. Like, I think it's just like a real, true, like, loosely based film. Great. Uh, should it? Is it? Should it win Best Picture? I do not think so. <gasps> <gasps> but I wouldn't say like absolutely not. I just so uh, you can so say it's a contender and not start this drama. The favorite was my favorite. Aww. I I don't feel qualified because I haven't seen enough of the best pictures. But okay. it should I'm it should it be sure it should it be my should it beat out Got Black it. Panther and A Star Is Born? Uh, I would vote for A Star Is Born over it. Okay, well, I've seen all eight, and okay, well, it should that's... be either favorite or Roma. Anyways, now to the final movie, last and certainly least, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, the story based off of Freddie Mercury and Queen. Ugh. Um, <laughs> so, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, based on how Queen came together and focuses on the rise of Freddie Mercury. The big controversy and stuff around is that, like, Brian May and Roger Taylor who are still living members of Queen, had full control over this movie because they still own the rights to all the music. And that's pretty much what you have here is, like, a very Brian, like, them-controlled movie where, like, they become out better than Freddie Mercury. And that, like, especially, like, Freddie Mercury's queerness is very much, like, on the backbone. It is not focused. Especially, like, also, it was a PG-13 movie where it's, like, you're not gonna, like, as for a rock star crazy as Freddie Mercury, you can't get into that. And then, like... They made it seem like Freddie Mercury was like a drunk and not really showing. There's no real evidence that it's like that always true, that he was always the last one to the practice and that they weren't also living like fun, extravagant lives and like being all goody two shoe. And then they really they really in this movie, when they do use his queerness, it becomes to his downfall. And that because he gets AIDS that they like break up because he was like with this guy and all this stuff. And that's not true. None of that's in Queen like none of that's true. Queen didn't really break up as a band. Um, in the movie, they say he tells his bandmates he has AIDS um, before the Live Aid concert. Not true. He was diagnosed a couple years after. Like, he was... It, the movie... Wow. Like, it's just how they use things. 
it's just wrong. Like, it's not like it's used so that they seem better. Like, it doesn't make Freddie so doesn't the, come out. There's a lot wrong with the making of this movie. Yes, especially then you also he have Brian Singer. Down. Yeah, and you have Brian Singer who has enough drama to talk about. The director, you're talking about? The yeah. director who got fired Famous, in the end. Famously. But who still technically will have credit. And yes, he is also a Me Too person. BAFTA actually scrubbed his name from Bohemian Rhapsody's award nomination. He has, yes, he has been scrubbed from awards, but like he still is credited as the director of the movie, kind of. So yes, no, he is not up for any awards. He right. will not win the Oscar if, unfortunately, Bohemian Rhapsody wins Best Picture. Um, but he, he's technically still pretty much the full-time director to it. But really, yeah, the idea is that, like, Freddie Mercury's, like, you knowing Brian May and Roger Taylor had control over this movie shows. Do we have to ask? Should this movie win the Oscar? <laughs> Should this movie win the Absolutely fucking not. not. Okay. The fact that it is considered is a joke. It's not even a good movie. Okay, I won't see that one. Don't. I think... An interesting thing that Dana already brought up was that this Oscar year is really the year of like parents versus kids just having wildly different takes on yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. The favorite, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. Green Book. All of them. All, All of them. Of my them. mom's like, did you like? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, no, no, no. Or the opposite where she's like, oh, I love this. And I was like, it's fine. And then she gets very mad at me being like, you didn't like it. I'm like, well, no, I said it's fine, but yeah, because of all these other reasons. Well, on a kind of a relevant note, it's cool to see a superhero movie get nominated for Best Picture. Yes. I think that's really cool. Black Panther, contender. I'm all for that. Well, we hope you have a really great Oscar viewing. Yeah. Yeah, come over. Throw a party. Yeah, come over to ours. Wear your gowns. Tie up your tux. Happy almost birthday, Ben. Oh, Ben's birthday. Also. When we're recording this. Yeah, by the time time this is released, Ben will have entered his 25th year. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be cool. I actually met a 28-year-old once, and she said... It looks a lot better on the other side of 25. What was it like meeting a 28-year-old? It was actually really cool. (laughs) She gave me that really awesome advice. So I just wanted to... So from Argo winning Best Picture in 2012, may the odds be ever in your favor, new nominees. Loosely based out. We'll see you next time. The theme music for this episode was made by Dan and Keller. The podcast artwork was done by Caroline Morrison. We are produced by Courtney Cassell, Jacob Greenberg, and Sam Kahn. And a big special thanks to Donald Whalen. If you enjoy Loosely Based, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. If you would like to advertise anything at all, suggest a movie, or just say hey, message one of the hosts or send an email to looselybasedpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. 